Hey, if you're looking for a great holiday gift for the Boston Celtics fan in your life, try my book, The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, The Best Players at Each Position for the Seas. I went all the way back to the beginning of Boston Celtics history and picked two players at each position plus two wild cards and two coaches to put together an all-star team of all Boston Celtics greats. It was a very difficult process. I left some very important people off, but in the end, I think I've put together an amazing all-star team from Boston Celtics history. So go to wherever you can buy books, online or in stores, the Boston Celtics all-time all-stars, the best players at each position for the Seas is now available. So go ahead and get a copy for the Boston Celtics fan in your life. The Celtics play basketball tonight, and I've got Tom Westerholm on to preview the game on this Tuesday Locked On Celtics. Mill, let's go. Crowd goes crazy, most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talk about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, I'm John Corrales here, host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast, welcoming you back to another show. It's a Monday through Friday podcast. So if you are listening for the first time, welcome aboard. Hope you enjoy this show, and I hope you subscribe. Again, Monday through Friday, daily podcasts, especially after games. They'll drop a little later than usual because I'll record them after the games are well over and I've written everything I need to write, but you'll get one. Every Monday through Friday, you regular listeners, thank you for the support. Thank you for buying my book. Those of you who have bought my book, it's now available, the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. That is available now. So some people have gotten them. That's awesome. So I appreciate everybody's love and support throughout all of this. Today, all three three segments of the podcast are a preview of tonight's game. Some of the stuff that I mentioned in yesterday's show, plus Tom Westerholm, now of Boston.com, is offering his expertise, what he's looking for. So we start out with a little bit from the rookies. We move on to Grant Williams and Robert Williams in the second segment. And then at the end, what we're looking for from Tatum and Brown. So with all of that said, let's jump right into the conversation with me and Tom Westerholm. All right, Tom, we got basketball tonight. How fun is that? Considering we just had basketball, it feels like like two weeks ago with the Celtics. Well, I Googled it uh, for a story that, that went live, and uh, it uh, it has been 79 days since the Celtics played basketball. 79 and, uh, days. Here we are. Yeah. That's yeah, they nothing. That's nothing. That's <laughs> nothing. Considering a team that would have lost in the conference finals would have lost, what, the beginning of June normally? End of end of May. End of probably. May. Yep. So then, so you would have had June, July, August, September, and then what? Beginning of October would have been like training camp, mid mid October. Yeah. So you're talking about four and a half months 
versus two little over like two and a half months or so. Yeah, so, you're, you're basically yeah. I mean, in, in days terms, you're probably talking about like one one hundred about one hundred and thirty days as opposed to seventy nine. So yeah. So I don't think we're gonna see a lot of Jason Tatum. I don't think we're gonna see a lot of Jalen Brown. This is gonna be no, like by the second half, it's just gonna be a big free for all. Like Peyton Pritchard <laughs> plays the entire second half. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I talked about it a little bit in. Last night's show, I thought about four things that I wanted to see coming into this game. Um, I want to get your take. Like, what what are some of the things that that you're looking for? Uh, assuming you haven't listened to the podcast, so what's your what are some of your things? I'm curious to see if you match up with any of what I what I was thinking. Yeah, so I mean, I think the most interesting things to me, honestly, in this game, and this is not just because I'm a draft nerd, the most interesting things to me in this game are the rookies. Um, One, because we've never seen them before, but two, because like we've never seen rookies with this little experience. I mean, these guys have had, you know, no time to like to to prepare for a season. They've had no, uh, like, they've, like, we've mentioned the truncated, no summer league, no nothing. No summer league. The truncated training camp, like, you know, I mean, they what just started practicing like two weeks ago. Like this, this is, this is ridiculous. So, I mean, it's funny because obviously the Celtics drafted a guy who, you know, is kind of a three and D option. Um, You know, that feels like it'll translate pretty easily. They drafted a guy who is very experienced, you know, has played four years of, you know, point guard at Oregon. Like he's, he's an adult, you know, that they drafted two guys who feel like they can somewhat, you know, I, I don't want to say plug and play because I, I just feel like the NBA isn't that way for rookies. Like you just can't really plug and play a rookie. But like, they drafted two guys who should be able to adjust relatively quickly. So, how quickly do they adjust? I mean, we'll see. But uh, I, I think that's that to me. That's the most interesting thing um, going into this game. Yeah, that my first two things were specifically about the rookies as well. I'm curious to see. Really, I want to see how Aaron Neesmith gets open. What kind of shots is he getting? Because his one of his biggest skills is, I mean, obviously the biggest one is the shooting, but just behind that is the ability to get to that open space, create those looks. So if he's, I want to see how he's playing with Tatum, with Brown. I'm assuming he's going to be in there a bunch with those guys. Uh, I might even start him because if those guys aren't going to play, much just start Neesmith. Don't worry about your starting rotations right now. Just start Neesmith and get him in there with these guys just to see uh, what he can do alongside them. What shots can they get him? But you know, what is he doing to get open? So I don't even care if he hits a damn shot. I really don't. Yeah. Um, I, I assume there's going to be some level of nerves and he's probably going to, you know, come out feeling a little, you know, you know, that first shot when you're all jacked up and it like, Hits like you're lucky if it hits the back of the rim. You might overshoot the rim by about three feet. But I'm more curious about the process, the movement, the you know what what he can he do to get himself those looks, and then eventually I think the shots will fall. Yeah, I think people are gonna enjoy watching Neesmith like play off the ball after you know after you sort of get. Um, you know, as people get used to watching him and as, as he gets used to playing in the NBA, but he's really fun off the ball. And like, I mean, we, we've talked about it before, but he, he just, he moves really, 
in like a really smart way. He, he finds little creases and spaces in the defense and in ways that, um, you know, that, that like aren't, aren't super common in the NBA. You know, you, you can name the guys who do, who, who, who find space the way he does very easily. Cause like they stand out, like, you know, you talk like he's gotten plenty of comparisons to JJ Redick to, uh, you know, to your, your Duncan Robinson, to guys who can just kind of, float to that open spot mm-hmm. where the point guard can can outlet it to him and and it's fun to watch it like it, i mean at vanderbilt he did it a lot i mean in his you know the 14 senior game uh 14 games in his sophomore season he he averaged like 23 points a game mostly just from three pointers so um yeah i mean i think he's gonna be a fun player i mean i just i just don't know how long it's gonna take him to sort of find himself uh um, in, in the Celtics offense and especially on the Celtics defense, because wings are expected to do so much. Um, they're expected to, you know, like it's, it's, it's a complicated, uh, complicated thing. And I mean, like you have to defend to get on the court for Brad Stevens. So like, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that people, there's going to be some outrage early on because I would expect like Brad's and Brad has sort of like thrown some, thrown some water on the idea that he might, uh, that Denny Smith might start and everything. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um. <laughs> the the thing the thing about yeah, I, he, I don't think he's gonna start like when the games mean something. I don't think I don't think that's gonna be the case. I mean, I, I said that he should start maybe in this game just to get him the reps with the main players. But of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that generally, um, I don't think that he's gonna end up starting. Um, maybe you know, I'd be curious. Like by the end of the season, if that becomes a thing but for now I, I there's it would be insane to expect a rookie with no summer league experience in two weeks of training camp to be able to go in and and start but you're right the defensive yeah. stuff is also something to watch for because how quickly can he pick that up that the the quicker he can pick up the defensive stuff the sooner he'll be on the floor on a regular basis. Like he's going to have to, if he can't pick up the defense, then he's going to have to hit like 80% from three to make up for it. So, and so I don't expect that to happen. So we need to see him pick up some of the defense. And to your point earlier about Pritchard, I think that the Pritchard, that's another thing I want to watch for in this game. Can Peyton Pritchard give us any sort of glimpse as to why Danny Ainge would reach for him at the end of the second round. Uh, I just, I just kind of want to see, I don't, I'm not expecting much again. He's a rookie, same things with Neesmith, but the things that need that, that Pritchard brings are a little more intangible. He brings the shooting for sure, but the, the feeling that, um, He's out there hustling, and he's he's you know a tough little guy as as Brad Stevens call him. And Marcus Smart was like, "Yeah, I, I was always wondering what he'd be like, and he didn't disappoint." Like a lot of gassing up this guy. Let's I want to see if he's got like that thing that that these guys are talking about. Like go out there and bust your ass. Like I want I want to see that level of thing from Peyton Pritchard. I think one of the things that people have always kind of um, talked about with Pritchard is that he he's a guy who like really affects like he has a lot of really good games because I mean he was I mean he was Pac-12 Player of the Year he averaged like twenty five and five or whatever he averaged this last year 
Um, but he has a lot of games where, like, even if he isn't, you know, the like necessarily the best player on the floor, he's still the best player on the floor. If yeah. that makes sense, like, yeah. even if he's not like, um, you know, even if he's not like putting up thirty, um, he's still making a huge impact, and you still feel his presence like all over the game. And like, um, you know, a guy like that. You know, I, I kind of see what Brad Stevens was saying when he said, I can see why Marcus would really right. be interested in that guy. Like it's um, I, I think there is some of, you know, some of that sort of Marcus vibe to him in that way. Um, now, of course, the thing about smart is that he's like his defensive IQ is like, you know, like like top five in the NBA. And he's you know, he, he's he makes all these ridiculous defensive plays. Like, I don't think Pritchard is that kind of guy, but I think. You know, in kind of a similar way, I, I think that we might see some like winning plays um, from him. I, I think that's something that, um, you know, that 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 like yeah. is that that's what he's advertised as. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. But I, I think that's going to be part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's the the the, the quote unquote winning plays. I mean, when Danny Ainge falls in love with a player like that, that's that's the guy that's mostly like Danny Ainge. Yeah. That's a guy who was an instigator and a shooter and a pest who pisses everybody off. Like that's Danny Ainge probably sees like a little bit of drafting himself with Peyton Pritchard in a lot of ways. I mean, Ainge was, I think a, a better basketball player, but still that's the type of player Danny Ainge was. That's the type of that. That's why Red Arback loved Ainge because he was the instigator. That's why he loves Marcus Smart and why he loved Rondo. Like that's that's why he fell in love with Peyton Pritchard and decided I'm going to pick him here. So now I want to see. All right, all right, Danny, I, I get you. Now let's see it. I want to see Pritchard do those things. And and look. The type of player that that's that that is that archetype will do insane things in a preseason game. Like that's that's the type of player. It's like Marcus Smart diving in a summer league game a few years ago and like dislocating a finger. We're like, dude, dial it back, just a touch. So that's that's the stuff I want to see from Paint Pritchard. Where you go, oh yep, okay, this guy's motor is always at like a hundred percent. More with Tom up next. The Williams boys. What are we going to get from Grant and Rob? What are we looking for? This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're making 2021 plans or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com.
Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. I'm really interested to see like how they're going to use Grant Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not interested in much that we're going to see from, from from the big kind of names on the team, like your, your Jalen, your Jason, obviously, because I don't think they're going to play that much. But somebody like Grant, I mean, are they going to play him a lot at the four? I mean, is there any chance that he like slots in even as just kind of like a three and D guy? So almost like a wing, like, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, especially with all this newfound depth at center, um, that they, that they seem to have, you know, especially if Rob Williams is, is actually kind of ready to go. Um, I think it's gonna be fascinating, but he's, he's somebody I'm for sure keeping an eye on. Cause I, I think that his, uh, um, like j- just where the Celtics see his best role this season is going to be really intriguing, um, especially after they used him mostly as a center last year. Yeah, I mean, he he did say after practice, what was it, on Sunday, where he's like, yeah, I, I kind of did a little bit of everything, uh, positionless, and that's that's what they need me to do. I need to know every position. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure we're going to see Point Grant here, but <laughs> we are going to see him floating around the wing, and really... For for Grant Williams, it's more about the the can can he move better laterally? How is he going to be being you know stepping in front of guards? I mean the last the last thing that we remember from that Toronto series was him blocking Fred Van Vliet and switching onto Van right. Vliet and, and and making that play. Now he's going to have to do that like consistently. That 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 play for him with Van Vliet. Was a little sort of, kind of, not quite Kevin Lovish against Steph Curry, but like that was very yeah. much in the same vein of like, oh wow, he he survived that matchup. Now Grant's a much better defender than Kevin Love, but we want to see him not just survive those matchups, but like handle them more often than not. And I think when it comes to Grant, I I feel like the shot, like the jump shot, is gonna is gonna. I think become a little more consistent. It's not going to be 58% that he shot in the playoffs. And it's not going to be the 0 for 25 start that, that he had last year. I, I don't think uh, he works. You mean tell me there might be middle ground. There might be just a tiny bit. Well, we've seen him. We've seen him bust his ass. He's out there working his ass off on that shot. So that's eventually going to fall consistently. I think the, you know, what what's he do? Can he can he pick up some something off the dribble? Can he like attack a closeout? I mean, maybe that's something where that that's an offensive progression. They're not asking him to do a ton offensively, but like all he needs to do is be three and D. Like he, I don't think he ever needs to develop anything past that. But you know, they're they're gonna be if he's hitting consistently. Like I said, teams are gonna close out aggressively on him. So. What are you going to do? Are you going to pump fake? What are you going to add? A sidestep three? Are you going to drive? Are you going to drive and dish? Yeah. No, and I mean, and look, like in college, he was a talented player. Like he was not just a, like he, I mean, he was a very different player than what he is right now. He was more of almost like a, like a post-up guy who was, right. you know, kind of undersized, but he, he did kind of a lot of stuff in that, like, you know, especially in like the mid post, you know, facing up, hitting mid-range jumpers. Like he was really good at that stuff. Like, there's there's a lot more untapped to his game, um, and you know we'll see if if we'll see if he ever gets there. Like, 
in college, Shemi Ojale was a scorer. Like yeah. He was just like a bucket getter. He wasn't like a three-point shooter even. Like he could hit a little bit, but he certainly wasn't like a 3 and D guy in college. So like some guys are, are really good at, at certain things and never end up getting to show it. And, you know, maybe there's aspects of Grant Williams' game that are like that. But, you know, there, there's, there's kind of a lot there. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to be fascinated to see what areas actually get tapped and especially what areas get tapped this season. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll get a little preview uh, tonight. I, I'm very curious about the other Williams, Rob, and can, can he show – like this is his opportunity. Daniel Tice out – well, not out, but questionable with the sore back. Tristan Thompson is out. They've got minutes for Robert Williams to play. Can he show those fundamentals that we've been waiting on? Can he slide? Can he stay down? Can he keep his arms out wide? Can he be a deterrent, not just a shot blocker or a shot block chaser? Can he just be the guy that slides and stops people from driving rather than trying to block everything and turn his hips and chase? Like that's that's the stuff. Like if he comes out, let's say he starts. And if he gets caught the same way he's been getting caught, I might, I might cry. I might just like, like, I might just put my head, like, I I don't understand. You know this, Rob, you know this. Why aren't you doing this? Just, you've had a whole, like these all 79 days here. You could have just been like, stay down. Don't turn your hips. Stay down. Like just chanting mantra over and over again. If he does that on the first possession, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and especially like it's like it's just so obvious. Like, like obviously, you know, there, there's plenty of guys who get you know thrown off by a pump fake, or you know, might not be like you know the greatest, uh, um, you know, like the, the like the most instinctive defender of all time. But with Rob, like the pump fakes are like, like the jumps are just so obvious because he's so bouncy and he's so long. And when he bites on them, he just goes flying. Yeah. Like it, it really, it, it's like watching a man get shot out of a cannon. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a tough watch. I mean, like, I, I think that, you know, I'll be interested to watch that as the season goes on. I mean, judging it just based on, on tonight's game is probably a little unfair just because again, for at least some of the game, I think he's going to be facing Joel Embiid. So, like, sure, that's going to be real tough. And not, you know, like, and Embiid's game is is a little different. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, this is a this is a tough kind of preseason test for him. Um, that, uh, you know, that that, that it, it could tell us something, but but it is going to be very difficult. I, you know, I don't care if if he's facing Embiid and Embiid just trucks him, and it's like, all right, well. I don't care yeah. about that because Embiid's supposed to truck Robert Williams. But if if Robert Williams gets a switch and Danny Green makes a move and drives to the right and Robert Williams turns his hips, chases, and Danny Green gets a layup because he avoided Robert Williams' block, that's what I'm talking about. Because Danny Green is like – in the last year or two of his career, he shouldn't be driving by you. You should be able to slide your feet and have Danny Green kick the ball back out. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not about the results 
in this. And I sorry, sorry to challenge uh, channel Brad Stevens here, but really this is, is not about results at all. It's about doing the right thing. And if he slides and stays low and does fundamental things and they score on him, fine. As long as the fundamentals are there. So I really, I, and I, I'm, I'm sure my reaction will be an overreaction, but if, if, if he doesn't have it yet, because like, this is his opportunity and really mostly I want to see him do well because Tristan Thompson's not going to be in for at least another probably week or so. Brad Stevens said he's probably not going to be there for the home opener or for, for the opening night. So like, this is your chance. You've got a few games to be like, to demonstrate to everybody, to demonstrate to the coaches like, okay, yeah, he's getting this. We've got to figure something out. And then, I don't know, maybe eventually, maybe that means you keep Robert Williams and when Daniel Tice's contract is up, Daniel Tice goes. But like, whatever, I don't know. That's way down the road. Yeah. But, but I mean, but that, that is the point though, right? Is there, that's like a big part of the point is like, not only is this important for the Celtics, this is a really, really incredibly important uh, year for Robert Williams. Like he's extension eligible after this year, as crazy as that, as that feels. I mean, it, you know, it feels like he just got drafted, but you know, the guy, the guy can sign his extension after this season, if the Celtics are going to offer him one and he could earn it. I mean, like, like there's, there's certainly, it's not impossible that, that he, you know, gets to that point, but there's a, there's a long way to go before then. Oh, Rob, I'm really pulling for like, People people have said and, and joke like, oh, why do you hate Robert Williams so much? Like, I'm really like pulling for this guy. If I didn't think he could be good, then I wouldn't care if he did this stuff. Because it's right. like, oh, well, this is just what he is. And, you know, it's whatever. That's sad. But, you know, the, it's a guy who's drafted towards the end of the first round. and But he had first, like, lottery pick potential, and he dropped. And there's a reason why he had that lottery pick potential. I still feel like it's there and really it's not a lack of ability. We've seen him be able to do it. I'm belaboring a point, so I'm going to move on. Coming back with Tom to wrap up the show and what we're expecting from Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I know this is a very stressful time of year. Under normal circumstances, now you add 2020 into the mix. You add all of the things that we've been experiencing into the mix. And right now, your stress is through the roof, and you need to relieve it fast. That's where Headspace comes in. It is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has a wind-down session that their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace can even help with morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule 
anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier. And Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditation for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash LockedOnNBA today. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Hey, NBA fans, listen up. The Locked On NBA podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcasts all this week, plus waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru Chad Ford. I'll be tuning in to the preview of the Boston Celtics. Why? Because I did it. So subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get podcasts. I am looking for a little bit from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. The thing I mentioned last night, and I'll bring it up just to see what your reaction is. I'm, I'm curious to see what Jason Tatum is going to be working on. Like... What's the thing that he's going to, like, is he going to start pulling from 40 feet? Are we going to see him start, like, trying to really extend his range? What What's the one thing that he's going to, we're going to see him try, like, 10 of in the first quarter? Like, wow, he's really hammering this thing home. Like, that. <laughs> yeah. that's what, the only thing about Jason Tatum, like, I know what Jason Tatum's going to be, and eventually we can see if he, he rounds into a potential MVP candidate, or is he going to be an all-star, first-team All-NBA, second-team All-NBA, all that shit. But just for Tuesday night, what is he going to do over and over and over again, we're like, oh, okay, that's his priority right now. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you, you said point from 40, and that's probably a little bit far, but, like, Drew Hanlon did tell me that, like, like you know, this offseason, one of the things they were going to work on was getting, you know, deeper, was, like, shooting from, you know, shooting from further out. I mean, like, if you watch Tatum's game, like, you can really see how that would make a huge difference for him. Like, if, if that opened up, like, I mean, good Lord, how, how do you cover a guy like that who can also, you know, take you off the dribble, who can attack your closeout. And, oh, by the way, if you don't close out to him from 30 feet, like the six foot nine, six foot 10 guy is going right by you. Like that's, that's tough. Like that's MVP potential right there. So, um, yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I'll be fascinated to see that too. I do wonder some, like if the Celtics won't let somebody like Tatum use, you know, the preseason or use like the first few games of the regular season as preseason. Cause like, it really doesn't matter what happens in the first few games of the regular season. Like it just, it doesn't like that. Like this team is built for, well, this team is trying to be built for the playoffs. You know, everybody, they're going to try to keep everybody as healthy as possible. Um, you know, try to keep as many miles off everybody's legs. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if even, even as Tatum is experimenting, if that doesn't kind of go into the, uh, the regular season as opposed to just the preseason. But, but I hope he is, I hope he's just like launching from like Damian. Oh, of course Lillard. you are. Of course, oh, you hope yeah. so. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm sitting here saying like, "Oh, I'm kind of seeing. I want to see him work on some post moves." And you're like, "Let it fly, post logo moves. shots like Dame Lillard." <laughs> Who works on post moves besides Kyrie Irving? <laughs> <laughs> that, 
that whole video with him and Kevin Durant was just like, oh boy, that that I I don't know how those two are friends. I don't know if by like the All Star break they're gonna want to kill each other, but that was hilarious. Um, I, I really wondered like like. Is there any part of Kevin Durant that's just like sitting there listening to Kyrie saying that, like begging for post ups? Yeah, yeah. Is there any part of Kevin Durant that's sitting there just like, what? Dude? Yeah, yeah. Like all like, of them, like the entire time. That's why he's what? like, he's like, we'll talk about it. Well, we'll we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> you know, um, what a what a what a wild conversation that was. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, just as an aside. I do think there's value to learning some post moves. Like, of course there is. There's like, there are mismatches. And the thing that drove me nuts about Ennis Cantor, one of the things that drew me nuts about Ennis Cantor is every time I got the ball in the post, same thing, just shoulder, 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 and then try to lay it in. Just get a, get a spin move, get a drop step, get a, get an up and under. Come on, buddy. Somebody, please. I don't want to be. I really don't want to be that much of a dinosaur. Is really what it what it boils down to. But anyway, yes, it makes more sense for Jason Tatum to be pulling from thirty to thirty five feet or whatever because you spread the offense out and you run a pick and roll way up there, or uh, that that just kind of puts a ton of pressure on the defense. And we've seen the value of that. And so I'm not going to be surprised if this spills into the regular season. It spilled into the regular season last year. He was, you know, he had that. You know, the layup phase, the blown layup phase. He had the floater phase. He had, you know, then he worked on his sidestep threes. And then all of a sudden in January, it all started to come together. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see if he's going to have that kind of like slow buildup or if he's going to just dive right back in and start adding just like little things to, to his game. I, I, I certainly expect a ton more um, early shot clock, deep threes, from from Tatum. I just hope that he just looks at everybody and goes, guys, I'm working on something here. Don't worry about it. I'll pass a lot more later. Trust me. Yeah. No, I I absolutely could think that could happen. Um I, I mean and, and I mean on the same note, it will be interesting too to see like what Jalen's worked on. Cause yeah. I mean, like I, I've said before, like I don't like asking that guy to improve much more than he's already improved is like a tall order. Not because like he hasn't proven he can do it. Cause that guy's always Jalen's always working, but just because like, I mean the guy that he was coming out of Cal and the guy that he is now, I mean, it's just two totally completely different, different basketball yeah. players. And uh, yeah, I mean, even if he just kind of shores up the stuff that he, that he started to kind of master last year, he's, he's going to be a problem. Yeah. The thing that I'm looking for from him, like, I'm okay if Tatum overshoots. I'm I'm actually hoping that Jalen Brown overpasses a little bit mm-hmm. because as I've explained before in the podcast, I think the types of passing that I want to see from Tatum is different from Jalen Brown. Like Tatum is going to be more of an initiator. He's going to be the guy that breaks down the initial point uh, of attack on defense and he's going to start the rotations. He's going to start guys helping and recovering. By the time Jalen Brown catches the ball, that's like one or two passes later. The rotations have already been happening. So he's either going to have an open shot or he's going to attack an aggressive closeout as somebody overreacts to, oh shit, Jalen Brown's open in the corner. He's money from there. So when he turns that corner and sees defenses reacting to him, 
this is the next step. And so all I want to see from Jalen Brown is an enhanced read and react ability. That read of as I turn the corner, as I've up faked and I you know, take that dribble and I'm scanning the lane, what am I seeing? Who's in what spots? What direction am I attacking? And who's going to be open? If this guy steps this way, boom, there's my pass. But if he doesn't, I'm dunking on somebody. Like that level of recognition is what I'm looking for. So we all know that Tatum, I'm sorry, that Jalen can drive and dunk and finish. And, and even when the lane is cut off, take that little step back floater Dirk type thing that he does. But I want to see him try to make those passes, try to find these guys and really focus on trying to recognize things and, and just get that passing going and, and really send the message to the league that, oh, I'm very willing to pass over here. So if you think that you're just going to start getting in my way and, and, and challenging me, I'm going to drop some dimes. Yeah. Well, and look, I mean, the like his handle was such a problem before last year. And, you know, it wasn't perfect last year, but it was just miles and miles and miles better. And, you know, people talked about how the game was slowing down for him and how everything was just like kind of coming together for him. I mean, you know, the next part of that is is the passing. Like it, it, that's like that's the other part of, of, of sort of having a great feel for the game. Like, you know, handling is great. Like you can get to the rim. You can you can, you know, make shots off the dribble, like whatever it is. But like, yeah, if, if, if you can pass that just that opens up so much. So. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with you that that would be, that would be a huge, a huge thing for him to add to his game. And Jalen Brown likes to add things to his game, so that, yeah. that feels very possible. If he if he gets that, if he can just pick up two, three assists more per game, all star, perennial yeah. all star. Like that's yeah, that's sure. just that's exactly what the Celtics need. Right, playing off of Jason Tatum. Um, all right. So, Tom, here's here's the most important prediction of the night. What's the final score going to be? I think it will be... Uh, it doesn't one, matter what the final score is going to be. I think it's going to be 112 to 111. Um, either, it'll, I don't know who's going to win, but it'll be either Peyton Pritchard or Tyrese Maxey with the, uh, the game winner uh, <laughs> as, as, the Celtics, as the Celtics and Sixers benches just battle uh, it. it out in the fourth quarter. I love it. I love it. Um, here's the only thing I will say that matters about the final score in this game. Only thing that matters is that the final score is not tied at the end of four quarters because <laughs> preseason overtime is the absolute worst hell that you can wish on anybody in in this profession. Um, <laughs> it's just no need for it. So even if it's tied at the end of the preseason, they should just like, if I'm Brad Stevens, and it's tied, I just start swearing at the refs so they can call a tech so they can go hit the free throw and win the game. That's how much <laughs> I'd hate the overtime. I respect it. That would be awesome. Um, can you imagine if that was how, how that ended? If Brad Steve was just all of a sudden just strop, start MFing referees, gets tossed from the game just to give them two shots to win it? it well, it would be it would be very funny because people like if you remember during the playoffs last year, people wanted Brad to get mad at the refs so bad. Yeah. They thought that it was like a real like failing on his part as like a human being and as a basketball coach <laughs> that he wasn't mad enough at the referees. So if he finally, 
got mad enough at the referees to lose the Celtics a game, that would be very funny. Be funny. I would be all in on that. I don't, but see, I don't even want him to be mad. I just want him to be like, oh crap, it's tied. What can I do? Oh, wait. And just, <laughs> can you just guys call, call a tech on me? What is it going to take for, for you guys to call a tech on me? Do I have to slap somebody? What, what specific word do you need yeah. me to say? Tell me the to, word. Uh, I'll say it. Call the tech <laughs> so Philly can win this game. We'll all go home. Yeah. And if they if it doesn't work, if they miss, then Doc should get a tech so the Celtics get a shot at it. Like that <laughs> That should be how it goes at the end. No overtimes. All right, Tom. I'm here for it. Uh, Two two masters of the game duking it out. Uh, <laughs> I love it. How funny is it that Doc Rivers is the coach? By the way, I, I almost forgot. I'm like, oh wait, they don't have Brett. Br- it's oh, it's Doc Rivers. That's right. That whole team is so different, man. Like it's for wild. one thing, yeah, Doc Rivers is coaching the team. They have shooting now, um, and like you know, they're run competently. Like <laughs> they're uh, like their front office all of a sudden is like putting together an actual basketball team <laughs> yeah, around. I know, right? Who uh, that's, that's I mean they're one of they're one of the teams I'm most interested to watch in the East just because oh, yeah. all of a sudden they make sense and I'm fascinated to know if making sense is all it took for them or if or if there's oh, my God. you know deeper structural issues there. Man, if that's all it takes, then what an indictment of like the past few years. But we'll save that one for the folks that like writes to Ricky Sanchez or locked on Sixers <laughs> or whatever. All right, Tom, find Tom's work on boston.com now. That's fun. Uh, Thanks for hopping on there, Tom. Of course, man. Anytime. All right, fun conversation with Tom. Make sure you're checking out the Geno Time podcast, which he hosts with Nicole Yang, also of boston.com and the Globe. He's over at boston.com. Check out his stuff over there. And thank you for listening. New listeners, hope you've enjoyed the show. Hope you've enjoyed it enough to subscribe. Please do so wherever you get your podcasts. Regular listeners, I love that you've given this show a five-star rating and a good written review. If you haven't, by the way, please do that. It really does help. And of course, share the podcast with all of your friends and family whenever you get a chance to see them this holiday season. Tell them that they should be listening to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.